Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello. So today I want to talk about business burnout and bees. Now you may be saying, what on earth is the relationship between bees and business burnout? Well, there are so many connections. But the one I want to specifically address is when bees are unable to rest or what makes them unable to be able to rest. Now, what a lot of people say is, oh, busy as a bee, the bees are always busy. And so if you're busy, you're busy as a bee. And when I first recovered from my illness and became, you know, a bee lady and started doing more work with bees, I was very conscious that I was being busy as a bee, but it didn't sit right with me because I had been very, very ill. And before I was ill, I was busy all the time, you know, in in sort of 12 or 13 years, I think I only had a couple of weeks holiday. And so it was no wonder that I fell so chronically ill for seven years after not really resting. So it had me thinking about, you know, do bees really behave in a busy manner all the time? And then I learned that actually they don't. And a healthy colony of bees will actually spend the majority of its time resting. Now, this is really contrary to everything we believe. But normally we're only watching bees when they're being busy. We see them on the flowers. We see them outside the hive. And it's not until you have an observation hive that you can see how unbusy bees are for the majority of the time. And when you see a hive and you're looking at the inside as an observation hive. So this will be a beehive with glass windows or inside a building. So the bees are flying out through the building, but their actual main hive is inside the building with windows and you can watch them. And what you'll notice is, first of all, if it's a rainy day, you'll have nearly all the bees doing nothing. They'll be inside the hive and they'll just be quite motionless. But you'll also find on a sunny day in the summer when there's hundreds of thousands of bees all around and you'll have thousands of bees in one hive, you'll find that there'll be areas where there'll be bees who seem to be doing nothing. Now, it's quite natural. And I found this when I show people the bees, they look at it and they go, what's wrong? The bee isn't doing anything. And you can actually say, no, they're resting. It's absolutely fine. And then we look at bumblebees. And I often get um, contacted when people say, oh, I've seen a bee in a footpath and it's not doing anything. So I picked it up or I gave it some sugar water. And <clears throat> I've had to try and find a way of, of describing this because I know there are people that say give bees sugar water. Now, there's several layers to this. First of all, we need to think is it okay for bees to rest? And actually, yes, it is. And if you look at humans, is it okay for humans to rest? Yes, it is. And we've all experienced times where we're not working full on. And if we keep pushing through, we're not effective. But if you actually take a break or you have a rest or you even have a holiday, when you come back, you're invigorated. I was actually um, on a Zoom call with a fellow businesswoman this morning. And we both commented on how yesterday it was a funny day. And by lunchtime, we were both, I mean, we're at different ends of the country, working in different industries, but we were chatting this morning. And I said, you know, yesterday after lunchtime, I just felt flat. I didn't feel energized. 
I did go back to my office. I potted around and did some stuff, but I wasn't effective. I wasn't buzzing. And so I came home and I actually had a bit of a rest. And today I have just been firing on all cylinders. And she shared that she had the same thing. She went home and she actually laid on the bed and did an hours long meditation. And again, like me today, she's just on fire. We had an amazing meeting together on Zoom and we're just on fire. So you sort of think, well, why would this be? And it's because we cannot be working and functioning all the time. Our body needs to rest. Our body needs to heal. And our body can only heal when we're in a rest state. So if you're busy and working all the time, your body can't heal. It doesn't have that renewal time, that that um, that freedom or, or that ability to focus on the inner work, to focus on the repair of damaged cells, the actual healing. So rest is so important for regeneration. And it's the same inside a beehive. I know through working with bees that in the summer months, I'm full on. I could be busy with bees for 15 hours or even longer a day because there's work that needs to be done. The sun's out, the sun's shining, the bees are swarming. I might have to do splits. And if you've got a lot of hives, you've just got to keep doing it while you can. But when it's dark, when it's raining, the bees aren't active. So that's my time to rest from the bee time. And the bees are the same. If it's raining, they need to take that time to rest. So when the next time the sun comes out, they've actually got the, the energy, they've got the resources to make the most of that nectar flow or that pollen flow. So when you come to bumblebees and you see them on a footpath or you see them just seemingly not doing anything, we tend to put project our human thing of like, oh my gosh, it's not doing anything. It must be hungry because we think bees should always be set on flowers eating. And so therefore, I've got to feed it. Now, if you give a bee water, that's great because it could well need some water. If you're giving it sugar, you're giving it something that it's not meant to be consuming. And I did once have a lovely message from somebody who was very well-meaning and really cared deeply about bees. And she'd messaged me and she said, oh, I was visiting a garden and I saw a bumblebee on the footpath. Yes, on the footpath, you want to pick them up so no one treads on them. So I get that. She was worried that it wasn't doing anything and she didn't have sugar water on her. Who would? So she put it in her handbag and drove it home about 10 miles away and then gave it some sugar water and put it out in the garden and then was like, yep, I've done the right thing. I've saved a bee. There's several issues here. Bees don't die inside their nests. It's no help to the community to put a dead, rotting body inside a colony. And so bees will die outside the colony. Bees don't live very long. And so it's quite likely that you will see a bee at the end of its life, seemingly doing nothing outside a hive or outside, you know, bumblebees live in holes in the ground. So a bee could be anywhere on the footpath. The other thing with bumblebees is they need to um, regenerate their fuel to be able to take off. They're big, heavy beings, and they can't just zip around everywhere. They will drink some nectar or they will be flying somewhere, and then they just need to rest, get their breath back, recharge, and then they can take off. 
Now, if we pick them up and move them and feed them with some sugar, then, you know, we're interrupting that that um, that phase. Now, the other thing about bumblebees is they don't fly very far. They'll fly half a mile to a, a mile from where their nest is. So if you're to drive a bumblebee 10 miles away from home, I liken this to somebody seeing me sat in a public garden looking at flowers, seemingly doing nothing. Now, I could be doing a bee audit, I could be meditating, or I could have just be sitting down to get my breath back after a busy morning. Now, if somebody was to pick me up and think, oh, she's not doing anything, she's not busy, she must be sick, you know, and I liken feeding bee sugar is like giving humans cocaine. Not that I've ever tried cocaine, but I know that it is addictive and sugar is addictive. They have similar qualities, but it also will perk you up, apparently. So if somebody was to see me sat meditating, looking at flowers, worried about me because I wasn't active, I wasn't being busy, Paula, that they're used to. And then they picked me up, gave me a bit of cocaine to perk me up, then drove me to Newcastle which from Somerset is quite a long way. You're talking 400, 500 miles. And then just drop me off thinking, great, she's fine now. She's back in another garden. There's lots of flowers. There'll be bees around. She'll be happy. She's had a, her little pick-me-up. I'd have a long way to walk back home and I'd be a bit disorientated. Plus, I would have had a real surge of artificial stimulants. So it wouldn't be a good thing to do. So why do we think we can do that with bees? So if you see a bee doing nothing, just watch it for a while and see, is it really doing nothing? Is it dying? Is it resting? Is it hungry? If you're in the middle of a heat wave, then maybe it could do with a bit of water. If it's in the middle of a footpath, then just let it walk onto a leaf and just put it in the flower bed. It's not going to be very far away from home. So let's look at things a bit differently. Now, when I go back to the quote that a healthy colony of bees spends the majority of its time resting, this then relates to some research about when bees are unable to rest. And what they found was that when bees are exposed to a toxic environment, now this could mean that they are near farmland or near gardens or agricultural land where there's a lot of insecticidal pesticides, now, many of these insecticides actually work by affecting the nerve, the nervous system of bees. And so what they're doing is stimulating the receptors. And when they're overstimulated, the bees are unable to rest. And what happens is they're twitching. They're actually sort of moving because they can't switch off the receptors that are constantly receiving triggers. They're receiving messages from these insecticides. And what they noticed is that when bees are in this toxic environment and affected by these chemicals, they're unable to rest. But what happens is inside the hive, the bees don't rest there either. And they actually mature quicker or they take on the roles of bees that would be more mature. So you'll find that when a bee emerges, it's meant to clean around the area and it might be a cleaner bee for a few days. Then it will develop into a nursing bee or a feeding bee. And then at three weeks of age, their wing muscles have developed and then they can leave the hive and be foraging bees. But in that first three weeks of their life, there's all sorts of jobs inside the hive that they do. And bees do them at different stages of maturity. 
when you know their hypopharyngeal glands have uh, matured or you know there's all sorts of things they can do they could be guard bees for a while they're, they're stood by the entrance of the hive they could be receiver bees receiving nectar and pollen as it is brought in by the foraging bees but when the bees are in a toxic environment the normal period of time is sped up so instead of waiting three weeks before they're mature to fly they could be flying at one and a half weeks old they could be nursing bees when they're only a day old instead of three days old now if we liken that to humans it would be like saying that instead of waiting until you're in your 20s 30s or even 40s to be a mother you could be a mother age 10 or 12. now you would be able to go through the motions and give birth and and do the basic care but i think we would all understand that with maturity becomes a different layer of motherhood and mother caring and it's the same in the beehive. So you're losing layers of wisdom. And then when the bees are leaving the hive at one and a half weeks old, and because they're not resting, they're foraging. And instead of dying at six weeks old, they're dying at three weeks old. So the whole colony is sped up. It's all sped up. It's all at high speed with no bees resting. What can we learn from that as humans? If you were to be working, and not have any sleep, not to be calming down, not sitting down, not sleeping, how effective would you be and how long would you live? If your body is constantly on the go and you're overstimulated, you're not going to be able to work efficiently. So this is what we can learn from bees. And if we're running a business or if you're running a team within a business, you need to look at the effectiveness of your team if they are not having sufficient rest. This is what we can learn from bees. When we look at bees as a successful superorganism, they are sharing out the tasks, they're pacing out the maturity before they take on other tasks, and they are allowing time to heal and regenerate and restore before they go back to work. The whole of the winter is when the bees are in a deeper rest. They're able to sleep. They're able to reduce all their activities, waiting for when they can reemerge in the spring and then have a busy few months. So I hope this has given you a bit of insight, something to think about with your own life, be it in a business or be it as an employee. Think about, are you allowing enough time to regenerate and heal? Are you pushing yourself to the extent that you're going to reduce your life expectancy or you're even going to get so sick that you will not be able to work at all? This is what I love about bees is we can watch the bees, we can learn from the bees and we can take what the research is showing us about bee health in our environment and we can transfer that into understanding ourselves better and understanding our businesses better. So if you like what I'm sharing about bees, and if you have a business and you think you'd love to have me coming in and sharing a bit of this wisdom with some of your team leaders, and even helping some of your employees to understand, or some of your team to understand, recognizing when they are reaching their limit and how to have that confidence to stand up and say, do you know, 
I need to go and have a nap or I need to go and meditate or I need to go outside or I need to just sit and have a cup of tea. We need to understand our own bodies and see those signs so that we can rest. But more importantly, we need to stop projecting our own workaholic or busy bee tendencies on other people because we all have different capabilities. And if you find yourself judging someone who appears to you to be resting too much, maybe have a look at yourself. Is it because you have an inability to rest at all or a guilt or some kind of issue that makes you unable to look after yourself? So really have a little think about this. And I would love to talk more about bees and love to talk about what we can learn about them with our businesses. So do share this episode with anyone who you think could benefit from it and follow me, subscribe, comment, um, and also send me a message. If you think there's a problem in your business that maybe the bees have got an answer for, then send me a message and I'll just see if I can find a message from the bees to help us all. So thanks very much for now and see you next time. I love that you've been listening to my podcast. Thank you so much. I am delighted to have the wonderful Bee Brook helping me with editing and um, producing this podcast. So if you've enjoyed it, do share it around and connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website. So thank you very much and bye for now. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.